Welcome to episode number 28 of Off the Shelf. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. Hi, my name is Rod Bergen, and this is the last episode in our summer short series. Short podcasts of only five to ten minutes in length. Just enough to get you thinking about something you might not have known. We want to welcome everyone who is listening to us. We now have listeners in over a hundred countries, and we're glad that you could join us. I'm doing this last episode solo, but we will be back to our interview format next Monday, and you will not want to miss our interview with an individual who used to play with Joseph Branham as a child. Did you know that William Branham taught that some Christians in prior ages were required to believe satanic doctrine in order to be saved? There are a couple of unique doctrines that William Branham taught that you have to piece together to get to this conclusion, but it is clear that this is something that William Branham taught. How do we conclude this? First, William Branham clearly taught that the doctrine of the Trinity, a doctrine that has been held by the church for most of the past 2,000 years, was satanic. He stated it was of the devil and that people that believed it were lost. Here's an excerpt from a sermon from 1964 entitled Revelation Chapter 4. Trinitarianism is of the devil. I say that, thus saith the Lord. He repeated this again in the sermon entitled Anointed Ones at the End Time, which he spoke in 1965. You can't believe that you're lost. Do you put him a third person, second person, or any other person besides God? You're lost. Second. William Branham taught that the seven churches of Revelation, detailed in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, were church ages. He taught that a church age was a period of time prophetically described in the letter to that church. He copied this teaching from Clarence Larkin, who wrote a book on the subject in 1918. William Branham even used basically the same dates for each of the ages that Larkin used. William Branham also taught that each church age had its own messenger to that age. He stated this a number of times, but I think the first time was in his sermon entitled The Seven Church Ages, which he preached in 1954. Well, it was seven ministers, one minister to each age of these seven church ages. Come out, hold them in his right hand. Amen. There he is. There were seven angels, seven messengers, one to each church. Get it? Thirdly, one of the most important doctrines that came out of William Branham's Seven Church Age teaching was that in order to be saved, you have to believe the messenger's message for that age. Of course, he was doing this to point to himself, who he believed was the messenger to the last age. If you rejected the messenger and his message, you were lost. But if you believed the messenger and his message, you were saved. Listen to his comment from 1964 in a sermon entitled Proving His Word. All that believe all that believe the message of that age come in and was saved. So will it be in any age. All who did not believe the message and the messenger perished. Finally, 
We know that many of those that William Branham identified as church-age messengers believed and taught the classical doctrine of the Trinity. Martin Luther, who William Branham identified as the messenger to the Church of Sardis, clearly taught the doctrine of the Trinity and specifically referred to the Creed of Athanasius, which clearly lays out the doctrine of the Trinity, to be one of the three universal creeds of the Christian Church. John Wesley, who was identified as the messenger to the Philadelphian Church Age by William Branham, was no less strident in his affirmation of the doctrine of the Trinity. Wesley specifically attacked Baron von Swedenborg, who taught an understanding of the Godhead similar to William Branham. Wesley, in a collection of forms of prayer for every day of the week, stated, O holy, blessed, and glorious Trinity, whom in three persons I adore as one God, have mercy upon me. Luther and Wesley, who William Branham said were messengers to church ages, clearly believed the doctrine of the Trinity. So what conclusion can we draw from this? Effectively, William Branham taught that in some of the prior church ages, such as Sardis or Philadelphia, a true Christian was required to believe a doctrine of the devil, the doctrine of the Trinity, in order to be saved. If they rejected the message that Luther or Wesley brought, which included the doctrine of the Trinity, they were lost. Of course, this is nonsensical, but it underlines the point that William Branham's teaching, which focused on pointing to himself as a prophet, was clearly off base from the plain teaching of the Bible. Why do we need a prophet when Peter tells us in 2 Peter 1, Verse 3, that God's divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. William Branham repeatedly pointed to himself as the Elijah messenger of Malachi 4. But consider his claim in light of the following. First, who was Malachi's message directed to? Look at the plain wording of the opening statement of the book about Malachi, which says, a prophecy, the word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. Malachi's message was to Israel. That is what the Bible says. It does not say it is to Israel and to the Gentiles at the end times. Second, consider what Jesus said in Matthew 11, 11. I tell you the truth, among these born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. The least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. Why? Because every true Christian has the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which is far greater than the spirit of Elijah. Why would we need the spirit of Elijah when each true believer in Jesus Christ possesses something greater? The Holy Spirit. Third, William Branham stated that John the Baptist fulfilled Malachi 3, but did not fulfill Malachi 4. However, Jesus told his disciples, referring to John, that if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. It's in Matthew 11, verse 14. The problem is that there is only one reference to Elijah in Malachi, and that is in Malachi 4. So how could William Branham's interpretation that John did not fulfill Malachi 4 be correct if Jesus specifically referred to John the Baptist as Elijah, which is a direct reference to Malachi 4? Finally, those in the message quote Matthew 17, 11, which says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Elias truly shall first come and restore all things. Those in the message are quick to point out that Jesus uses the future tense when referring to Elijah's coming. In essence, they are saying that Jesus is speaking of a future time that will be fulfilled by William Branham. 
But what message followers are unaware of is that Jesus is simply quoting the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, and is simply using the same tense of the verb, future tense, that is in the prophecy. So the fact that it is future tense proves nothing. In fact, Jesus is very clear when he states in the subsequent verse, But I say unto you that Elias is come already, and they knew him not, but have done unto him whatsoever they listed. William Branham did not fulfill Malachi 4, and he was not the seventh church age messenger. We repeat the challenge to message followers that we stated previously on this podcast. Please bring us an unambiguous prophecy that William Branham made on tape before the fact that was later clearly fulfilled. We have been unable to find a single one. And we have not had a single message follower that has sent us one. And if that's the case, how can anyone claim that William Branham was a prophet? A link to the detailed article on this subject can be found on our website at offtheshelf.life. And you can leave any comments or questions you might have on the site as well. Please feel free to email me, rod, at offtheshelf.life, or Brian, Brian spelled with a Y, at offtheshelf.life. Thanks for listening. Did we in our own strength confide Our striving would be losing We're not the right man on our side The man of God's own choosing Dost ask who that may be Christ Jesus it is he Lord Sabaoth his name From age to age the same And he must win the battle